Hey guys, this is Rick Godwin, pastor of Summit Church here in San Antonio. Thanks for joining us today. You know, we're excited to have you on our podcast. Our goal is to inspire you and to challenge you and help everyone realize their full potential in Christ. Now enjoy the message. Okay, we're going to start a new series called A Season of Suddenlies. A Season of Suddenly. And we're going to look today at the God of Suddenly as an introduction to what's coming in the next four weeks. I hope you'll stay tuned and open the ears. This is exciting, and it's for you. Acts 2, verse 2 says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Hey, everybody humor me. Say suddenly. Suddenly. Suddenly from heaven. So God wants us to prepare for a season of suddenlies. We've had three years of misery. It's time for something that's sudden, that's quick, that opens the door, that gives us a breakthrough. It's time. Now, the church, as a part of its birthright, has the right to expect God doing a sudden work. That's the way the church was born. And suddenly, from heaven. Romans 9, verse 28 says, For God will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. Now, that is a quotation, a paraphrase of two verses in the book of Isaiah. Neither of the verses in Isaiah read exactly like that, so it's the quotation of an idea, not a word-for-word quotation. This is from Isaiah chapter 10, verse 23, and Isaiah 28, verse 22. So we, the church, a people born suddenly from heaven, are the ones who have reason to expect the Lord to finish the work and cut it short in righteousness. Both phrases, finish the work, cut it short in righteousness, refers to God's activity concerning things he promises his people, promises in his word, things he's whispered in your heart, things you know you need, but it hasn't happened yet. And you can't think of any reason why what you prayed for wasn't in the will of God. And still, it hasn't happened. So the Lord says, I want you to hear my voice. I'm going to finish that work, and I'll cut it short in righteousness. And that means not that he'll come short of fulfilling it, but he'll cut the time shorter than the duration of time you thought it was going to take. And he'll do it righteous, that is, which means he does it by his working, not by me helping him out in my flesh. So the idea of righteousness has to do with God doing something the right way as opposed to me doing it my way, as Elvis sang and Frank Sinatra sang. I did it my way. Well, way to go, boys. I, I want God to get in this thing. Now, here's a good case in point of helping God out. Abraham received a promise from God. The years go by that he's going to have a kid, and it's not looking so good. And it hadn't been fulfilled. So he comes up with an idea with his wife that my wife would not allow me to do about fulfilling the promise of having a child. So his wife, Sarah, agrees with Abraham that he should kind of mate with the handmaiden, Hagar, and Ishmael is born. And Ishmael, the product of man's flesh, not God's, has become a lifelong problem to the world. Globally, it has been a problem. 
And then the Lord comes along and works the miracle that was unimaginable to them at age 100 and Sarah at 90. Come on, you wouldn't imagine that. And as they stand old and barren with Ishmael, what he produced, God makes this statement in Genesis 17, verse 21. Within a year, you'll have Isaac. And he's 100 and she's 90. What would you think? After decades of waiting, God says, not going to be long now. I'm going to cut it short in righteousness. So I want us to set our hearts on a season of suddenlies. Proverbs 13, verse 12 says, hope deferred, delayed, makes the heart sick. So how does a sick heart behave when it's been deprived of the realization of its hope? Well, this sickness of heart is not heart disease. It has to do with surrendering to depression, discouragement that just aggravates your soul. It has to do with a sense of futility, uh, of giving in to weariness. So the heart becomes sick because I felt I had a promise, but it hadn't happened yet. I had a word the Lord gave me. My prayers have gone up, but nothing's happened, and my heart becomes weary. And we become anxious and hurry to try to get something done because God's not doing what we thought he would do. So things become more difficult, more problematic, and more confused. So the heart can also manifest sickness in frantic activity as well as in passivity and surrender to circumstances. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So I want us as a church to be made alive, not by my fleshly activity, but quickened in our heart by faith that here's God saying to us right now in this season, I will do a quick work. I will finish the work and I will cut it short. It will be faster than you thought. Now, look at the two passages in Isaiah from which Romans 9, 28 is derived. Isaiah 10, verse 26 says, For the Lord God of hosts will make a determined end in the midst of all the land. That means an appointed and quick conclusion. Then Isaiah 28, verse 22, Now therefore be not mockers, and I'll explain that one in a minute, lest your bondage be made strong. For I have heard from the Lord God of hosts a destruction determined even upon the whole earth. Those two phrases, a destruction determined and a determined in, both from the same word in the Hebrew language. It's a word that contains the idea of a sudden conclusion. So dramatic is the sudden conclusion that some of the translators use the word destruction. Because when you stop an enemy suddenly, it means his destruction. But the concept here is not so much the destruction as it is how fast the issue is settled, how fast the problem is resolved. See, if it's stopping an enemy, then it's destroying an enemy. But if it has to do with bringing fruitfulness and fulfillment to your life, then destruction is obviously not the right word. We could say that the word has two sides, the side that has to do with anything that opposes you. It breaks the opposition. On the side that has to do with what flows out of that victory, it has to do with blessing and the realization of God's purpose. So the suddenlies of this coming about, the breaking of obstacles, the driving back and driving down of an enemy, and then 
the sudden, faster than you realize discovery of God fulfilling his promise. That's the spirit of the text we just read in Romans 9. There isn't a person here today or watching online that the Lord doesn't want you to hear this word as he speaks about some circumstance going on in your life. Things have lingered. They've just dragged on and on. And you're wondering, if you haven't said it, you're thinking it, is this something that's just really never going to happen? Verse 22, he says, Now, therefore, do not be mockers. A mocker is a person who criticizes or laughs at somebody else's expectation or possibilities. He doesn't believe it could happen to himself nor anybody else. And God says, don't let that spirit begin to happen in your own mind. You may say, I'd never mock God, but you mock yourself. Like, well, what right do I have to expect this? I caused the problem myself. This is never going to end. Well, who do you think you are? The enemy will say to you, right? You're mocking, see? The Lord says, don't let that mocking spirit come into your own mind. Look at the impact if you do. Verse 22, now therefore do not be mockers lest your bonds be made strong. In other words, don't let it bind you up. Don't let it happen. For I have heard from the Lord God of hosts a destruction. Remember, that word is the word for suddenly. The word for a sudden end over your adversary. Verse 26, Isaiah 10. Notice two lessons of how God will work rapidly. Verse 26, and the Lord of hosts shall stir up a scourge for him according to the slaughter of Midian at the rock of Oreb. The second way God will do it quick is here. He says, and his rod, God's rod, was upon the sea, so shall he lift it up after the manner of Egypt. Okay, let me make this clear. Two ways God will work rapidly for you and me. One will be like God did to Midian at the rock of Oreb. The other will be like God did at the ocean when the people came out of Egypt. God says, I want you to see what I mean by doing a quick work. Number one, Midian at the rock of Oreb. If you want to read about it, it's in Judges chapter seven. That's the story of Gideon and a people who had been oppressed seven years. Most of the year, Israel was free. But every year at harvest time, the Philistines would come down on Israel and scatter them and take their harvest. They would take everything the people had worked for for a whole year. So they suffered that oppression that comes in and repeatedly takes away the fruit of what you worked for. And you end up having given yourself to something and it comes to nothing. And I don't guess there's any one of us that has not had at least some occasion where something you dedicated yourself to seeing brought to productivity suddenly comes to nothing. And it can breed such a sense of helplessness. And this was what's happening year after year for seven years to Israel. So that brought a sickness of heart. So much so that when the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, hey, mighty man of valor, I've come to work a deliverance and I'm going to use you. Gideon says, well, come on. I don't have a reason to believe a miracle is going to change our situation. Why? Well, I've never seen a miracle. You can see that sickness of heart. But God didn't stop. So he understands our sickness of heart after a long delay and our weariness of soul. And in a couple of days, Ogid and 300 men 
triumphed over 130,000 of the Midianites, slaughtered them. And the leader of the Midianites was Oreb. He was taken captive and beheaded at a place named the Rock of Oreb. That's the place where the power of Oreb was broken and where Israel's yearly oppression was brought to a sudden end. And God says, I'll do it for you just like that. I'll bring what has resisted you of the opposition for so long. I'll bring it and break it in a moment, and it'll happen quickly and suddenly. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Then God says, I want you to know your deliverance will be like the same thing I did at the Red Sea when Israel came out of Egypt. Uh, now listen, he's, the, the oppression of Midian was seven years long, but the oppression going on in Egypt had been lifelong, 430 years. And maybe some of you, your bondages go back as far as you can remember. But the Lord says, the day came when the Red Sea opened before them suddenly, and Israel came out exiting. And the Lord says, that's the way I'm going to do it. I will finish the work over you, cut it short in a Red Sea kind of victory where I opened a way that man's flesh, man's hand can't make happen. And God's telling all of us, say, hey, don't you surrender hope. Let your heart rise in faith and begin to walk in the expectation that a season of suddenly are ever before you right now. You know, there are seasons in life. There are seasons in God's timing and his work. Notice the season. Now, in Isaiah 28, he gives two more examples about quick work. In Isaiah 28, verse 21, he says, For the Lord shall rise up as he did in Mount Perizim. He shall be as angry as in the valley of Gibeon, that he may do his work, his awesome work, and bring to pass his act, his unusual act. Hey, nudge your neighbor and say, God wants to do something unusual for you. Unusual, like weird, wow. Never thought, never saw that coming. Never thought about that. That's wild. Who would have thought that could happen? That's happened once or twice in my life, and that's gonna happen in your life. And God said he's gonna do it quick, suddenly. And the two examples he give involves a place called Perizim and Gideon. So, Perizim relates to 1 Chronicles, chapter 14. David's been anointed king in Jerusalem. He has now, after several years of struggle, come to the place he's recognized as the authority over all of Israel. That which God promised him has finally come to pass. And no sooner has David got this wonderful blessing and privilege and taken the throne, the Philistines hear about it. And they come to seek out David and kill him. Merry Christmas. Wow. Is there anybody here that no sooner has God begun to fulfill something real in your life and heart, it really began to happen, this is really great, and then you found it tested by an adversarial attack? Anybody? Remember our last series we did on the promise of God, the problem and the provision. You God says, to whom much is given, much will be required. You don't get a million-dollar promise and a $10 problem. That's American way, but it ain't happening. That's not a Bible way. So don't think it's strange that that happens. That's standard operating procedure in Christianity. Spiritual warfare is normal. And I, well, I don't like it. Well, I don't like driving on 1604, but I have to. 
And it's one of the things you have to. Either that or lay down like a carpet and let the enemy scrape his feet on you and, and steal, kill, and destroy. You're not going to go that way. So David, David asked the Lord if he should go up against this enemy. And the Lord says, go. And the Philistines were scattered. And the place it happened was called Mount Perizim because there was such a rapid and sudden breakthrough of victory. I mean, it happened in a flash. There are some of you here who need to hear this profound truth. You are facing an unchangeable sequence of events in the natural. And the Lord shouts out to you, I'm able to reverse that and bring a sudden breakthrough of my grace in your life, whatever the reason. So don't let any voice mock you by saying otherwise, lest your bondage become strong. God says, I'm going to do my strange act, my unusual act, my wonderful act. Let me pause a minute. You know, I told you a month ago that the company that we used to mortgage this building when we built it uh, has now dissolved itself and they've changed their name and they're not doing mega loans. So our loan came up to its expiration date, which is normal. But then we, we're left to swim by ourselves. We've got to find another mortgage company at an unstable time of inflation in this country, as you know, and it's a mega loan. Well, I told you to pray. Well, we went, Charlie Leroy did a lot of the legwork for us, for which I could not thank, thank him enough. And we got uh, like five different kind of banks or lenders, and they, did, they were all kind of all over the place. One of them, one of them said, uh, well, I'm too old because of my age. Yeah, I want to slap them too. I say, I'll, I'll give you a run for your money, baby. Let's drop and do 50 push-ups. Come on, let's go. I can do it. Anyway, anyway, make a long story short, I expected that. I expected those re reasonable difficulties. I'm not an idiot. The enemy wants to oppose us. And on the fifth one from California, believe it, from California, God <laughs> sent a wonderful company and a wonderful representative here. And in less than 30 days, we got our loan, fixed rate, 10 years, and just barely above prime at a wonderful time in our country. They were so cooperative. They couldn't help us enough. I mean, I love that company. And they, they just did this quick. And we were all saying, this is so fast. This is not normal. No, it was divine. It was one of those suddenlies, and we needed it. And God says, don't worry, I got plenty more suddenlies for you too. Some of you have been hanging out in wrong places and circumstances and setbacks, health, finance, some legal issues. And God says, I'm going to turn that thing around faster than you thought in an unusual way that you couldn't have predicted. It's time. It is time. So we're to walk as people of praise in that expectation. Now, the other example of a quick work is Gibeon. In Gibeon, that's where Joshua obligated himself to protect the Gibeonites. Now, one day they were attacked, the Gibeonites. So Joshua, according to the covenant he made, rose to their defense. Well, several regional armies joined together against Joshua and his troops. And Joshua began to rout them. He began to get a victory. But he was running out of time. The sun was setting. And the Bible says he called out to the sun. You talk about bold. He called out to the sun and said, Son, stand still. Still. And scripture says there's never been a day like that or since then. God used that occasion to tell you and me he's going to do an unusual act, 
a strange act. I'm going to do something that not only changes the sequences and affects time that you're accustomed to, I'm going to move into your situation and bring you a victory faster than you thought in an unusual way that you could not foresee. And look at the end of Isaiah 28 in verse 24 through 26. I'll paraphrase it here. Isaiah is telling us there's a special way to plant different kinds of crops. And so one kind, he says, you broadcast or you throw out the seed. The other kind, you plant the seed in holes in rows. And then he goes on to say, the one who's managing the harvest of your life, that's God, knows exactly how to plant in your life. What needs to be brought to harvest in the way that it will be most fruitful? And that's going to be different for all of us. And when it comes to the harvest time, God knows the part that needs to be ground out and the part that needs to be beaten out. He knows how to gather each part and treat it right so it comes to a fruitful fulfillment in your life. And though there is a different treatment to different situations, God has the wisdom to know what to do in your situation, and you will not be fruitless. You will not be without harvest. And if it seems the situation's beating on you or rolling over you, it is not going to crush you and ruin you. The Lord is bringing things to a place that will bring about his intended fruitfulness. So don't despair, folks. Hear the Lord. We're in a season of suddenlies right now. And God is saying, I'm going to do something faster than you thought, Sparky. And I'm going to say, let us all walk in a spirit of praise with that anticipation. Start getting excited about that. Let's begin to expect God to do something for you, for us, suddenly, so that we're all scratching our heads saying, can you believe that? Can you believe that? We're people of faith. Can you believe that? That's how God wants to do something to turn it around. Now, you know there are different seasons. Ecclesiastes, time to sow, time to plant, time to build, time to tear. We're in a season where God says, okay, we're going to enjoy a season where things are going to happen quick and fast and unexpected. So buckle your seatbelt, put your tray tables in the uprock-like position, stow your baggage under the seat in front of you, buckle that seatbelt, and get ready to roll. God's going to do something really quick and sudden. Don't be a mocker and say, well, it's been 10 years. It's been three years and two losses. Don't do that. Say, thank you, Lord. Somehow, some way, you know just how to intervene and turn this situation around in an unusual way that I never foresaw. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. Follow me by visiting the links in the description. I'm praying today that God richly blesses you this entire week.